Good evening, everybody, and thank you for joining us for a Bible study tonight. Tonight, we're completely online, so I want to thank everybody that took time to join us on Facebook. We're going to do something a little bit different. We've been looking at the book of Revelation, but I thought that we'd have people with their families tonight, a little bit different of a group, so I wanted to do a Bible study this evening from the book of Proverbs. So let's spend a few minutes together in the book of Proverbs, so if you have your Bible with you, Turn to Proverbs chapter number 2, Proverbs chapter 2, and we'll look at the first several verses here. Uh, But before we do that, let's have a word of prayer. We'll ask God to bless the Bible study tonight. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much that you've given us your word, and thank you for our church family. And I pray, Lord, for those that are still recovering from illness this week. Lord, I pray that your hand would be upon them. God, I pray for our church scattered with different needs and Uh, in different cares in each home and in each family. Lord, we just pray that your presence would be among us, that we would just be faithful to be your people, to be a good witness where we are, and I pray that we'd walk in the joy of the Lord. Please help us tonight as we study the scripture. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be opened. I pray that wherever we are, that we would give full attention to the word of God. I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Proverbs chapter 2. If you would begin following along with me, let's read several verses to get the context, then we'll go back and we'll look at individual verses more carefully. So, Proverbs chapter 2 and verse number 1. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine heart unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Now that's a word right there, wisdom, that appears all throughout the book of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs is referred to as a book of wisdom. So it says here in verse number, if you notice in verses 1 down through verse 4, there were a lot of ifs, ifs, and then in verse number 5, there's a then. So as I studied this passage, that's always stood out to me. I I mark all the ifs, and then I see the then in verse number 5, and the 4 in verse number 6. So let's actually back up one verse to verse number 5. Back it up to verse number 5. After all the ifs, we get the first then. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Verse 6, For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. I hope you'll pay attention to these verses because there's truth packed in each and every line. And there's a lot here in just these nine verses. And I want to take a few minutes just to to walk through it carefully. But what you should have noticed is the theme here is that God has an abundant supply of wisdom for us. In fact, look back with me at verse number six. This is kind of a key verse. It's right in the middle of the chapter, or of the section, it says, for the Lord giveth wisdom. 
Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. So if you were here, I'd stop and I'd ask you all to give me a, an explanation or a definition of what is wisdom. How would you define wisdom? And so we know that wisdom is more than simply the accumulation of knowledge. We know it's more than facts and figures. It's more than getting the good grade on the test. It's more than being able to answer all the trivia questions. And ever since I was a child, most of my Sunday school teachers, they always would explain it this way. And that is that wisdom is you take the knowledge that you have, but you're actually able to apply it to your life. You're able to make sound, good, wise decisions. So there is a wisdom that we understand, but it's a little bit deeper because we're believers and we have the word of God, which is the source of wisdom. So I think an even better definition of wisdom is one that I heard a little bit later on in life, and that is this. Wisdom is the ability to live life from God's perspective. The ability to live life, to make choices, to make decisions according to God's perspective. I think we all know that you and I, we have a, a really a horizontal view. We see on this plane, we can, we can see a little bit of what's ahead of us, but we can't see the big picture, whereas God's view is, is eternal. God's perspective is from above. He sees all of our life. He knows all of our life. He knows our, he, he knew us before we were born. He knows uh, our choices today and he knows what lies ahead tomorrow. So as believers, the wonderful thing is this, we have access to that kind of eternal wisdom. It says here in verse number six, the Lord giveth wisdom. The same principle is found in the New Testament, in the book of James. In the book of James, the Bible says, if you lack wisdom, ask, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally. God's desire is that we would live our lives from his perspective. Now, if we could do that, then the choices that we make are going to have an impact that is for our good and for God's glory. So the Bible here in the book of Proverbs, the whole book says a lot about it. And I really think chapter number two of Proverbs is key to how you receive God's wisdom or how you receive the word of God. So we're going to look at wisdom and the word of God as equivalencies here. So look, if you notice a couple of things. So we see the, we saw the theme is wisdom in the word of God. But I also pointed out these conditional promises. That's what we'll refer to, the if-then. If, if this is the case, then this will follow. We refer to that as a conditional promise. And it's all throughout here. Back in verse number one, look at it quickly. My son, if thou wilt receive my words. If thou wilt receive my words. And down now, skip down to verse number three. You see it there. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge. Verse number four, if thou seekest her as silver. So this promise of wisdom, this promise comes if we will learn how to receive the word of God. So that's the first theme. Learn how to receive God's word. Back up again to verse number one. My son, if thou will receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. You say, okay, I'm on board. That's what I want to do. I want God's wisdom, so I've got to receive his word. So how do I do it? Is it more than, is it simply just hearing it? Well, that's going to be an important part, 
But if you'll notice in verse number two, we see in verse number one that it's very important that we receive the word. But in verse number two, it gives us instruction as to how we receive the word of God. So here in verse number two, if you're going to receive it, this is what it's going to take. Receive it in such a way that you are inclining your ear unto wisdom. Incline your ear unto wisdom. Now this is a posture word. Incline. And I like to think of it this way. People might say, you know what? Incline. What are we talking about here? Well, I think pretty naturally we all understand what it means to recline. So you are, most of you probably, in the comfort of your home watching this right now. So go ahead. Let's do it. If you were in the room, I'd have everybody do it right now. Just go ahead and recline. Sit back. Take it easy. Do it every, just recline. All right. That right there is the exact opposite of what the scripture says, how we receive the word of God. Unfortunately, a lot of times as Christians, when it comes to the word of God, we are in the recliner position. We're laid back. We hear it so much. We go to church. We have it on the radio and music. We just get the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. Sometimes we don't take it seriously enough. We just sit back and we're in recline mode. When the Bible says here it's actually the opposite. So if you're in that recline mode now, flip it around and get in the incline mode. And what it says here is incline your ear. That's a position that's like this. It says, my ear is inclined. I want to hear. I'm ready to receive what you have for me, Lord. Listen, we face decisions on a regular basis. You've, you may have had to make important decisions today. We make decisions about our health, about our family. We make decisions about our finances. Don't we crave and desire the wisdom that God has from his word? Well, he says, if you want that wisdom, it's got to begin with an active desire to listen. Incline your ear. Incline thine ear unto wisdom. So how do we receive the word? Well, if you notice, he says, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom. But there's more to it. And now it's verse number one has two parts and verse number two has two parts as well. So go back to verse number one. So it says in verse number one, my son, if thou wilt receive my words, now notice the second part, part of the receiving is also hiding. If thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, hide my commandments with thee. Now, some of you are probably thinking of the scripture that David wrote, because we're not talking about hiding it as far as keeping it away from other people. We're talking about burying it deep inside the core of who we are. Just like when David said this, he said, thy word have I hid in my heart. I've buried, he says, God, I have buried your words. I've put them in, I've internalized them. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So, if we had some instruction about receiving, if receiving is all about inclining, now how do we do the hiding? How do we hide the word of God in our hearts? Well, you're probably thinking already, well, part of it is memorizing the scripture. You've got to know it. That's true. 
But sometimes the transfer doesn't happen from the knowledge of God's word in my head to my heart. I think verse number two gives us an explanation, a great way to make sure we take the word of God and put it deep in our hearts. So back to verse number two again. So that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom. Yep, we already covered that. But now look at this. And apply thine heart. Apply thine heart to understanding. Do you see how verses one and two are related? They're almost like a pair of, uh, it's almost like a pair of couplets. It says, if you'll receive my word, verse number two, so you incline your ear to wisdom. Verse number one, hide my commandments with thee. Verse number two, apply thine heart to understanding. So if receiving comes through inclining, I'm going to add this tonight. I'm going to make this point tonight. Hiding God's word comes by applying it to our hearts. There's nothing that will make the word of God more powerful and more impactful in your life than you take whatever issue it is that you're dealing with, whatever issue that I'm dealing with, get to the word of God, find out what the Bible says about that issue, about that difficulty, and when you face it, when you face that struggle the next time, when you face that decision the next time, go to that scripture that you know, that you're learning, that you're memorizing, and apply it to that situation. For instance, you're dealing with, uh, with anger. You're dealing with anger. Go to, the, uh, go to the scriptures about anger and quote them when you're faced with that. If you're having trouble in, uh, in your marriage, go to the scriptures. Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. You take those scriptures in those moments. You're facing a particular temptation. I remember uh, hearing my dad gave a testimony years ago when he struggled with a temptation. Uh, my grandfather gave him the advice to just say what Jesus said. Get thee behind me, Satan. To use the word of God in those moments. When that happens, mark it down. You will receive a supernatural empowering of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's Hebrews 4.12. Take the word of God to whatever situation or whatever decision, apply the word of God, and you see if that doesn't change your relationship to God's word. You see if that doesn't bury it deep within your heart. That's a little bit different. What we just described is a little bit different way of receiving God's word than just sitting back and saying, all right, I'll come to church. I'll turn the radio on. I'll listen to the podcast. I'll watch the video. And, you know, God, if you say something to me, great. You know, maybe this will help me through my life. No, this is very different. This is active listening. This is active application. And that's the if then. We all want the then. We all want the promise of wisdom and good life cho choices and better outcomes for the decisions that we make. But are we willing to take the step of true, truly receiving the word of God? Now, when we do that, secondly, what happens now in the, the rest of the passage is we experience the rewards of the word of God. You see, it's a blessed life to live by this book. It's a blessing. Some people have the wrong idea. They view uh, living according to the Bible as a, 
uh, as a difficulty or as a burden or as, boy, you know, if you're going to be a faithful Christian and you're going to obey all these rules. But what we've learned who follow Christ and follow his word is that obeying the scriptures is a door to happiness, joy and abundance in so many areas of our life. And that's the promise here in the book of Proverbs. Look what happens. So if we fulfill the if, so we saw verse number one, we saw verse number two, and then he sums it up in verses three and four. These are these are really cool verses. Verse three and four. It says in verse three, yea, if thou criest after knowledge. In other words, I just, hey, come back. I need I need you knowledge. You're crying after you're chasing it. If you lift up your voice, lift up thy voice for understanding. If you just cry out and say, I want more wisdom. I want more knowledge. I need it. Don't let it escape me. Look at that attitude. Also, verse number four. Now, if you seek, if thou seekest her as silver, do you spend as much energy and effort and passion looking for truth from God's word as we do for for money and possessions. He says, if you seek her as silver, if you search for her as for hid treasures. Wow, we saw the method of receiving. We see now the attitude of, of receiving God's word. And now here's the rewards in verse number five. Then, then, if everything before, then, Thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He's a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. Did you notice a few of the things here? A few of the things that are the blessings of God's wisdom, the blessing of his word. Well, the first thing I notice here in verse five, he says, you'll understand the fear of the Lord. So that's the frame of reference to understand I can't do this on my own. The fear of the Lord teaches me that God is all-knowing. God is all-powerful. I need him to make the way for me. I need him to show me the way. And then it says, you'll find the knowledge of God. See, the promise of the, scripture, of the scripture is that when we get in the scripture, we get the mind of God. We understand his wisdom. You can read about this in 1 Corinthians, that that we have the mind of Christ, that God has revealed, God is des desires to reveal wisdom and discernment to us that we'd be incapable of finding on our own. So we, first of all, the first blessing is the mind of God. But now it's described in verse seven as not just any wisdom, but it's sound wisdom. It's trustworthy. There's no better source of decision-making than the word of God. But now sec secondly, look at verse number eight. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. That, then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity. There's two things here. We saw already you learn the mind of God, but in these verses you find that we also discover the will of God. 
We discover God's will. And I've just encountered many Christians who will say, I want to know God's will for my life. I want to understand how to make this decision. Well, it all comes back to the if. Are we seeking out the word of God? He says, if you do, you're going to walk in God's will. In Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You see, when we learn simple daily obedience, God makes our paths straight. He orders our steps. He shows us the next step to take. We have the mind of God. We have the will of God. And then finally, you notice here he, in verse number eight, it says he preserveth the way of his saints. He preserveth the way of his saints. We then have, uh, we get to experience the protection of God. We experience the protection of God. I'll take just a minute on this one, on this last point about experiencing the protection of God, because I think that can be misunderstood. So to recap, if we seek the word properly with the right attitude, the right heart, yep, then in, we get these blessings, the mind of God, the will of God, and where we're leaving off here in verse number eight, the protection of God, where it says he preserveth the way of his saints. So let's talk about that protection for just, just a minute. That doesn't mean that we, are, that we are immune from any bad things happening in our lives. And I think that's important because there are some people that will take the teachings of the book of Proverbs and say, well, you know, I'm doing all the things right. Check that off. Check that off. Yes, I'm in the word of God. I'm in church. I do this. I serve. Check, check, check. But God, you still allowed. Why did this bad thing happen to my life? It says you'll preserve the way of his, that he preserves the way of his saints. But this, this idea is this, that God will not allow any harm to come to you or to me except that which will bring about our good and his greatest glory. See, I've heard many people say this, and this always stuck with me. There's no safer place to be in life than in the center of God's will. Because safety is not something, and protection is not something that is simply temporal. In other words, it's not just that, God, I ask you to keep me healthy, keep me from having a car accident, help me, you know, protect me from cancer. That's not the point of his preservation. The point is this, God has promised, because I'm his child, because I am in Jesus Christ, and I'm walking in his way, he has preserved my life from now into eternity. And so whatever God then allows in my life, whatever he allows in my life is going to be for my good and for his glory, even if, that's, even if that doesn't feel good in the moment. And that's really important because difficult circumstances come into all of our lives. But what this does teach in this passage is this. If you will walk in wisdom, you will be protected from the consequences of foolish decisions. You see, some of the difficulties that come into our life are God-ordained. He wants us to walk through those valleys. But sometimes we suffer needlessly. We make decisions in our lives apart from God's wisdom, apart from God's word, and what happens is we suffer the consequences of those decisions. But God is so gracious, God is so good that he's given us his word 
to say, listen, if you follow my principles, if you follow the word of God, you'll be protected. You'll be preserved from the consequences of those bad decisions because God will not lead you to make those decisions. And so on the one hand, we understand that God does sometimes bring difficulty into our lives. But on the other hand, we rejoice that in following his will, we're protected from the consequences that many around us face. For instance, the word of God gives strong warning against, uh, against intoxication, against drunkenness. And so if we take the advice of God's word and the commands of God's word and we avoid that, we're going to avoid a lot of heartache in our lives. The Bible gives us lots of instruction about the purity of our bodies and our relationships and the relationships that men and women have. The Bible gives very clear instruction. And that's for a blessing. That's to preserve our way, to preserve our path. And we could go right down a list of all sorts of wonderful financial uh, financial wisdom from the Word of God. That as we follow it, we experience His protection and His preserving in our lives. And it says in verse 9, Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. I don't always choose the good path, but that is the path that I want to walk in. And I hope and I believe if you're obviously if you're tuned in and you're you're in the scriptures, you're desiring the same thing. That's the path that God has, the good path. And so we have a choice to make. We can choose to actively receive the word of God and walk in that good path. Or we can make a way on our own and bring on the difficulty and the hardship that comes with it. So as you face decisions tonight, as you face decisions tomorrow and this week, my the message is simply this. Choose the good path. Choose to receive God's word. Walk in his way and experience his blessing. Don't forget that it was all made possible because of Jesus. And we only experience this because Jesus gave us his himself. He gave his life for us. He invited us into a relationship with him. And that's the starting point of a wonderful life on the good path that God gives us. Well, let's close in prayer tonight. I want to thank you so much for joining us for the Bible study and hope that you have a wonderful evening. Let's let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, for how it speaks to us. God, I do pray for someone tonight that may be struggling with a decision. Lord, they know you, they're your child, and they're tempted to to walk away from your word. God, I pray that your your love would draw them in, that you'd show them, you'd show us all that your will for us is best. And then, God, I pray for those that may not have begun their relationship with you. They're not saved. They've, They've never accepted your forgiveness. God, I pray that they would reach out to know you as Savior. Lord, we Thank you for how you speak through your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We are so glad that you've taken the time to join us today. If you've been blessed by the message, if you have placed your faith in Jesus today, we want to hear from you. Maybe you still have questions about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Please let us know, and we would love to answer those questions from the Bible. We would also be happy to provide you with the Bible and other free Christian resources to help you grow in your faith. You can email us at info at mountgraylockbaptist.com 
or send us a message on Facebook. You can also call us at 413-662-2107. We would love to hear from you, and our desire is to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. God bless.